I'm excited about the Word today. How many of you are excited to receive the Word today? Amen. Let's look in the book of Proverbs chapter number 3. The book of Proverbs chapter number 3. We're going to begin reading with verse 33. And then we're going to turn over to the 10th chapter of Proverbs. And we're going to read the first part of verse 6. So Proverbs chapter uh, number 3 and verse number 33. The wisdom writer writes, and he says, The curse of the Lord is on the house of the wicked, but he blesses the home of the just. I like that last part, don't you? He blesses the home of the just. And then, and then he says again in chapter 10, in the first part of verse number 6, he says that blessings are on the head of the righteous. Blessings are on the head of of the righteous. Title of my message today is Position Yourself for Blessing. Position Yourself for Blessing. Father, I just thank you for the Word of God that is a lamp unto our feet and it is a light unto our path. God, I just pray, Lord, that your anointing, Father, will rest upon the message and upon the messenger, Lord, today. God, I pray that you'll give us ears upon our heart today to hear, but not only to hear, but may we heed and may we apply and make application. Father, may we be doers of your word and not only hearers. And God, help us, Lord, to position ourselves so that we can receive the blessing that you have promised us. All in the name of the Lord Jesus, all of God's people said, praise the Lord. You may be reseated this morning. You need to understand that God's blessings are not random. God's favor is not without focus or purpose. God blesses people who have positioned themselves to receive his blessing. So if you want God's blessing, then you need to get yourself in position. How many of you this morning, you want to get yourself in position so that God can open the windows of heaven over your life? You want to get yourself in position where you can receive the blessing of God in your life. Well, let me give you five keys today, five keys to positioning yourself for blessing. First of all, if you're going to position yourself for blessing, you're going to have to dedicate yourself totally to God. Dedicate yourself totally to God. You see, you can't expect God's blessing if you're half in and half out. I love the story of the two men that were struggling with the refrigerator. And finally, one man said to the other, he said, dude, I don't think we'll ever get this refrigerator in your house. He said, dude, who's trying to get it in? I'm trying to get it out. (laughs) I think there might be some of you here today, perhaps. You you don't know for sure if you're in or out. You don't know if you're on uh, on your way in or on your way out. You cannot expect God to bless you if you're half in and half out. You can't expect to have the blessing of God over your life if you're in today and out tomorrow. 
You, you cannot expect to have the blessing of God over your life if a good day for you is when you only break half the commandments. I mean, no, that's not going to cut it. To get yourself in position for God to bless you, you must dedicate yourself totally to Him. Look at the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 28. Deuteronomy, chapter 28. One of my favorite partial chapters. <laughs> if you know Deuteronomy, you know what I'm talking about. Those of you who don't, you don't know what I'm talking about. First part's awesome. I don't want any part of the second part. Deuteronomy chapter 28 and verse number 1, the Word of God says, Now it shall come to pass, if you diligently obey the voice of the Lord your God, to observe carefully all His commandments. How many? All. all His commandments, which I command you today, that the Lord your God will set you high above all nations of the earth, and all these blessings will come upon you and overtake you, because you obey the voice of the Lord your God. So if you're going to position yourself to receive God's blessing, then you're going to have to surrender your will to his will. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 6, verse 9 and 10, Jesus said when you pray, he said pray like this. And included in this prayer, he said pray this way, God, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Nearly every day I pray. I try to pray every single day, but every once in a while we miss, right? But I try, and I do pray every single day, but I, I'm talking about an extended time of prayer. I'm talking about an hour with God. I'm not talking, I pray every single day. But I'm talking about every day, I do my best to give the Lord an hour, of, at least, in, in prayer. And when I pray, I, I tell God how I think it ought to be. I tell God what I want. I, I tell God how to run his business. I just lay it all out. I just make it really easy. All God has to do is just put a stamp on my prayer. But I learned a long, long time ago that me and God seldom agree. I also understand that even though we don't agree, he's always right and it's always best. It may not look like it at the moment. It may not feel like it at the moment. Uh, it may take a while, but, uh, but before it's all said and done, it's all over. His ways are higher than my ways, and His ways are better than my ways. And so even though I lay out everything before God, and I, I tell God what I want Him to do, and I, how I think He ought to run His business, but before I get through, every single time in my extended time of prayer, I pray, God, not my will, but Your will. God, not what I want, but what You want. God, not what I desire, but what You desire. Because God's ways are always best. People who live under God's blessing are those who are living according to God's will for their life. See, see, you cannot live outside of the parameters of God's will and expect Him to give you His blessing. On the other hand, if you, if you will live within the parameters of God's will, then you can expect His blessing. Now, I say this all the time, and I know that it just goes in one ear and out the other, and you're tired of hearing it, but, but if you would only understand that God has a plan for all of us. He really genuinely does. He has a plan for all of us. And if we will follow God's plan for our life, we will enjoy His blessing. Now, if we rebel against God's plan, how in the world can we expect the blessing of God to be upon our life? Now, here's what you also need to understand, and that is God has a general plan, and God has a specific plan. 
Now, his general plan is for everybody. The general plan is for everybody, and it's all the same. And that plan is, and that is that we familiarize ourselves with his written word. And then we act on it. People always want to know the will of God. What is the will of God? Let me tell you what the will of God is. It is to read this word and find out what this word says and then start implementing into your life what the word of the Lord says. That is the will of God. It's not, it's not a rocket science. Amen. It's not difficult. It's not hard. Amen. It's not out there somewhere. It's just as simple as knowing what the word of God says and then implementing what God's word says into your everyday life. That is the will of God for everybody. That's God's general will. But God also has a specific will and a specific plan. His his general plan is for everyone, and that is for all of us to familiarize ourselves with his written word and then obey it. His specific plan is revealed to us individually as we seek specific direction from him for our specific and particular life. So those who endeavor to follow God's general and specific plan for their life can expect to encounter God's blessing. Now, please don't misunderstand me this morning. I'm I'm not guaranteeing you an easy road to walk on. The Bible says that it rains on the just and on the unjust alike. And I want, I want you to know that no, no life is without pain. No life is without problem. No, no life is without perplexities. But when we dedicate ourselves totally to God, God will walk with us down that road. I'm going to give you five keys this morning to position yourself to receive God's blessing on your life. How many want to live with God's blessing? If you want to live with God's blessing, then you need to position yourself and get yourself in position where you can receive God's blessing. The second key to positioning yourself, and that is demand the best of yourself. If you're going to position yourself to receive the blessing of God, you're going to have to demand the best of yourself. Proverbs chapter 21 and verse 5, the Bible says, The plans of the diligent will lead you to plenty. See, here's what we need to understand. God doesn't bless slackers. Proverbs chapter 10 and verse 4 says, He who has a slack hand will soon become poor. God is not too fond of lazy people. Quite frankly, neither am I. In Matthew chapter 25, very, very familiar passage, but Jesus tells the story of the talents. Now, a talent was a measure of money like our dollars, okay? You know the story very, very well. Three men were were entrusted with their boss's money. And later, they were called before their boss to give an account of what they did with his money. The Bible says that two of the workers doubled their boss's money, and because they doubled their boss's money, they were commended for their effort. But the Bible tells the story there that that one of the workers did absolutely nothing with his boss's money, 
And when he returned his boss's money, he was cursed by his boss for his lack of effort. And so it is with us. God has loaned to us, say loan. God has loaned to us gifts and talents and abilities. And one of these days, and it is the passion of my heart, and I say it all the time because it is a passion of my heart, and one of these days at the judgment seat of Christ, we're going to have to give an account of what we did or what we did not do with what he entrusted us with. See, some of you are just trying to sneak into heaven. If I could just get in by the hair of my chinny-chin-chin. Well, you you can do that if you want to, but I don't don't want to get in by the hair of my chinny-chin-chin. I'm giving my life to this thing, and I want to be commended. I want to hear my father say, well done, good and faithful servant. You are faithful with a little bit. I make you ruler over a lot. Enter into the joy of the Lord. Heaven's going to be more than just riding around on a cloud somewhere, you know, singing kumbaya. There's going to be assignments, amen. There's going to be responsibility. There's going to be work. There's going to be things to do, amen. We're going to rule and we're going to reign with Christ. If we want to live under God's blessing and not under his curse, we we better demand the best of ourselves. We better do the best we can with what we have. We better do the best we can with what God has loaned us. Now, we need to understand this. God did not give us all an equal amount. Just as this boss, he gave one man five talents, another he gave two, and the other one he just gave one. But he gave them all something, but it wasn't equal. They all had something, a different amount. And God does does not give us an equal amount. Amount, but he expects the equal amount of effort. Notice, notice that the one that doubled his money that had five talents, oh, but then the one that had the two doubled his as well. He got the same commendation, amen, from from his boss as the one that, that had the five. So although God gives us different amounts, he expects an equal amount of effort. And if we give an equal amount of effort, whether you have five talents or two talents or, or, or one talent, if you give it all you've got, amen, if you do everything you can with what God has given you to work with, amen, when you stand before him on the judgment seat of Christ, he's going to say, well done, and he's going to commend you and he's going to bless you. But not only is he going to bless you in heaven and in glory, but you're going to be blessed with his blessing as you live out your life here on this earth. When God looks down at us and sees that we are giving him our very, very best, we have positioned ourselves for his blessing. And those who place themselves in position to receive God's blessing are the people who do. Talking about positioning ourselves for blessing. Notice the third thing that we can do to position ourselves for the blessing of God. Deposit the right ingredients into your life. This is huge. If you want to position yourself for God's blessing in your life, you will have to deposit the right ingredients into your life.
Listen to this. This is really good. The end result of anything will be determined by the quality of the ingredients that's been put in it. Amen? Amen. That's why you got Taco Bell (laughs) and Papacitas. Is that the right one? I get those all mixed up. Several years ago, it was about um, Thanksgiving time, and my mother-in-law asked me, what I would like, we were going to spend Thanksgiving at my mother-in-law's house. My mother-in-law asked me what would be my favorite pie. She would make me my favorite pie. And at that time, it was the millionaire pie. How many ever heard of the millionaire pie? The millionaire pie. And so she somehow found the recipe for the millionaire pie. But the problem is they live 20 miles out in the country. You don't just run to town, you know, for a cup of sugar or whatever. Plus, it's Thanksgiving. And so, she didn't have all the ingredients. But when you live out on the farm, you learn to improvise, right? Well, sometimes it works, and most of the time, it doesn't. You say, Pastor, how was the millionaire pie with substitute ingredients? I will just tell you that I renamed her pie Poor boy's pie. <laughs> it didn't taste. Wasn't her fault, but, but it didn't taste like the millionaire pie is supposed to make. And by the way, I, I told this story a few years ago, and, and Claudette heard it, and so every Thanksgiving she delivers me a millionaire pie, and it's got all the ingredients in it. Thank you, Claudette. Amen. <laughs> The end result of anything will be determined by the quality of the ingredients that have been placed into it. People that receive God's blessing are the people that deposit the right ingredients into their life. So let me just take the next 15, 20 minutes this morning. Let me just talk about four key ingredients that we need to deposit into our life. Number one, right people. Right people. Oh, I know I talk about this a lot, but some of you still don't get it, so I've got to keep on preaching it. Right people. Because here's the thing. People will make you or they will break you. People will build you up or they will tear you down. Jim Rohn said this. He said, you are the average of the five people you spend the most time with. Let me put it in my words. In my words, take the five people that you spend the most time with, add them all together, divide them by five, and it equals you. Some of you wonder who you are. I can tell you who you are. You are the average of the five people you hang out with. Solomon said it like this in Proverbs 13 and 20. He said, spend time with the wise and you will become wise. 
He went on to say, spend time with the foolish, and you too will become foolish. So maybe, maybe we need to take a look at the people we're hanging out with. Maybe, just maybe our attitude stinks because the friends that we hang out with, their attitude stinks. Maybe we poor mouth because we hang around people who constantly poor mouth. Maybe we doubt God and we doubt His Word and and we place such a low value on the involvement in church because this is the way that our friends are. I'll never forget many years ago in my early ministry, I started hanging out with a couple of pastors. Well, I chose the wrong two. Because these guys were constantly bad-mouthing our district leadership. Constantly criticizing our district leaders. Constantly talking about other pastors. And constantly, you know, talking about how hard ministry is. And and how you can't get close to people because they'll hurt you. And, you know, all deacons are bad and all these kinds of things. I'm young, I'm learning, I'm impressionable. All of a sudden, I'm thinking, man, my leaders are bad. Man, my deacons are bad. Man, ministry's hard. And then I realized, hey, I'm hanging out with the wrong people. And I consciously, deliberately separated myself from these pastors. Amen? Amen? Amen. Let me me just tell you, I love everybody. I I love everybody, but I will not spend a lot of time with negative, critical, pessimistic people. Because I can't afford to. I I can't afford to have their poopy attitude get on me. And yeah, I said poopy attitude. And guess what? Neither can you. Write this down this morning. You can soar with the eagles. Or you can go gobble, gobble, gobble with a bunch of turkeys. It's your choice. I'm trying to get you in position this morning, amen, that God can bless you. And some of you whine and you cry. Oh, and you look at somebody else with envy and with jealousy. And oh, oh, you say, why is God blessing them and why is God not blessing me? Well, well, it just might be that they're in position. And it might be that you're out of position and God would love to bless you, but he can't bless you and he will not bless you until you get your life in position where God can bless you. Not only do you need to deposit right people into your life, but also right principles. Deuteronomy 28 and 1 again. If you diligently obey the voice of the Lord your God to observe carefully all His commandments, how many? Then all of His blessings will come upon you. 
God's Word is filled with principles. I especially love the book of Proverbs. I read a book of Proverbs every single day, along with my other Bible reading, but whatever I'm reading, wherever else, I'll finish with a chapter in the book of Proverbs. It'll be the chapter, like if it's the third of the month, then it'll be Proverbs, Proverbs 3. If it's, if it's the twelfth of the month, it'll be Proverbs 12. Every single day, there's 31 Proverbs. Every single day, I'll read a chapter. I've been doing it for years and years and years. Proverbs is a book of wisdom. Let me tell you something, when you get married at 17 and start pastoring a church at 17, you better do everything you can to find some wisdom. And I found that scripture in, in James where it says, if any man lack wisdom, let him ask God, and God will give it to him and will not chastise him for asking. I found that, you know, when I was, you know, a 17-year-old pastor, didn't know, come here from Sikkim. My motto was, fake it till you make it. I knew I didn't have any wisdom. I knew I needed some. I needed to had to borrow some. And so I asked God every single day. For I'm telling you, for the last forty plus years, almost every day, I ask God for wisdom. You say, "Well, it ain't working." Well, you think what I'd be if I didn't pray every single day? <laughs> every single day, there's two things that I do. I ask God for wisdom, and then I read about wisdom. I would encourage you to do that. Amen. Some of you, I'd encourage more than others. Amen. <laughs> Proverbs is a book of wisdom written by the wisest man to ever live. It is a book of godly principles. Now you need to understand that Proverbs is principles, not promises. And some of you like to take a proverb out and think it's a promise, and, you know, if God doesn't do it exactly the way, you know, it says, then you're mad at God. Well, it's a principle, not a promise. There's a difference. It works, yes, but it's a principle, not a promise. So it's a book of Godly principles, principles that work in every area of life. That's what's so good about the book of Proverbs because, because it talks about family and it talks about finances and it talks about time management, it talks about business, it talks about marriage, it talks about parenting, it talks about friendship, it, it talks about people skills. I mean, you name it and it's in the book of Proverbs. How many believe we ought to be reading the book of Proverbs? And I believe that my life has been blessed immensely because of my constant reading and attempting to implement the wise principles found in the book of Proverbs. Hey, it must be working because I've been called a wise guy many times. I'm trying to get you in position to receive the blessing of God. I'm trying to get you in position where God can indeed bless your life. And in order for you to get yourself in position so God can bless you, it is absolutely essential that you deposit right principles into your life. And this is not a very easy thing to do in this modern, liberal, wicked world. Because our kids get taught one thing at church, and then they trot off to school and get taught the very opposite of what they're taught in church. Their children's pastor teaches them that in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. They trot off to school and hear that it all started with a big bang. They hear the pastor call premarital sex a sin. And tell them they need to control their passion and remain virgins until their wedding night. 
They trot off to school and they hear that everybody's having sex, so just have safe sex. And by the way, we're passing out condoms down at, uh, the, at, at the nurse's station. And if you do get pregnant, well, well, we can help you get an abortion. They trot off to college and the secular professor makes fun oh, of them when he finds out that they're Christians. He literally makes fun of them openly before the entire class and tries to ridicule uh, everything they were ever taught. Listen to me, Mom. Listen to me, Dad. If you want your kids to grow up serving God, if you want them to be spiritually strong enough to combat the liberal colleges, the liberal media, and the liberal politics... If you want them to marry and give you grandkids that will be raised to serve God, you better make sure that the right principles are deposited in your kids' lives. You better position your kids to have the blessing of God upon their life. You better get them to church every Sunday and every Wednesday. You better get them to every camp. I know it's ridiculous what it costs today to send kids to camp, but I'm going to tell you it costs a whole lot more amen, to bail them out of jail. So you better get them to church every Sunday, every Wednesday. You better get them to every camp. You better get them to every retreat. You better get them to every night of EBS and Kids Crusade. Amen. You better send them to every youth convention. You better position them for God's blessing. And you better walk the walk and not just talk the talk. And you better read the word with them and you better pray with them. And you better have a good attitude toward God and toward his house and toward his ministers. I'm talking about positioning yourself for blessing. If you want your life to be blessed, if you want to live under the blessing of God, if you want his favor, if you want his help, if you want his enablement, if you want his power, if you want his, his provision, you must, you must position yourself to receive it. God promises in Malachi chapter 3. God says, see if I will not open for you the windows of heaven. Open the windows of heaven over your life. He says in Revelation chapter 3 that he will open doors for you that no man can shut. He says in Deuteronomy chapter 28 that, that, that he will make you the head and not the tail that he will set you above and will not set you below. I don't know about you, but it sounds to me like it would be very profitable for us to position ourselves for the blessing of God. But not only should we deposit right people and right principles into our life, another key ingredient is right priorities. Matthew chapter 6 and verse 33, Jesus said, put God first in your life and then all of your needs will be met. Put God where? See, too many people just try and squeeze God into some little small part of their busy schedule. You know, you know, God, I'm really, really busy with my life. But I might just have a little corner over here. I might just have a little place to tuck you in. I might be able to get you in three weeks from next Sunday. A new survey has gone out, and there's never been a day when more people went to church. They just go less frequently. Yeah. The average church attender only goes to church about twice a month. And they're the ones we call faithful. We used to send them a card saying we missed you. Now we call them faithful. I'm telling you the truth. 
You know, God, if I can just squeeze you into some little part of my busy schedule, you know, you know, somewhere after work and family time and sports and recreation and hobbies and yard work and yada, yada, yada. I love the old story. It's old, but it's so old. I tell stories now and some people think they're new. I sat with young people and I talked to them and I say something I heard 40 years ago. And I'm like, wow, that's good, Pastor. I don't tell them I heard that 40 years ago. I just let them think I'm good. <laughs> Amen. There's, there's, there's some good things about being antique. You know what I'm saying? I mean, there's... I love the old story of the pastor that approached one of his members about missing church. The pastor said to him, man, I, I hear you were playing golf last Sunday instead of coming to church. And the man became very, very angry to his pastor, and he said, that is a lie. I don't know who told you that, but that's a lie. And he said, let me just pull it up on my phone. I'll show you. I've got pictures of the five bass I caught last Sunday. I can prove to you. I was not playing golf. I would never miss church to go play golf. I used to tell that joke when we didn't have the phone to look at. (laughs) People that have their priorities out of order are out of position. They have not positioned themselves for God's blessing. Let me ask you this morning, why should God bless their finances if they are not going to honor Him by tithing? Why should God bless them with a position if they're not going to use their position for God's glory? Why should God bless them with influence and favor uh, if they would only use it for personal gain? Now, on the other hand, people that have their priorities in order have positioned themselves for God's blessing of influence and favor because God knows that His work will benefit from it. He knows that when He orchestrates a raise for this person, He knows that His work is automatically going to benefit from it. He knows that when he orchestrates a promotion, he knows that this person will use their newfound influences to somehow impact his kingdom. People who deposit right priorities into their lives position themselves to receive God's glory. Notice one more key ingredient. Right places. We're talking about depositing the right ingredients into your life so that you can have, you can be positioned to have the blessing of God over your life. Right places is a key ingredient. A key ingredient to positioning yourself for God's blessing. In 1 Kings chapter 17, God's people are encountering a drought. <laughs> Opposite of what we're going through right now. But even though they are encountering a drought, And everybody is suffering. Elijah is prospering. He's prospering in spite of the drought. The reason? He had positioned himself to receive God's blessing. He positioned himself by being at the right places. 1 Kings chapter 17 and verse 3, God speaks to Elijah and God says to him, Get away from here and go to the brook Kireth. Because I have commanded the ravens to feed you there. If you have your Bible, underline the word there. I have commanded the ravens to leave here and go there. Why? Because the ravens are there. And they have the assignment to feed you right now. 
Notice the word there. Did God say, go anywhere you want to and I'll provide? No, he said, I will provide there. And then drop down to verse number 9 of 1 Kings chapter uh, 17. And, uh, and God speaks to Elijah again. He says, leave the brook. And go to Zarephath. Did he say, go to the brook, leave the brook, go anywhere you want to go? No, he said, go to Zarephath. Why? He said, I have commanded a widow to feed you there. Underline the word again, there. 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 Anywhere? Anywhere? Where? There. There. See, God's provision is found at the there place. Elijah positioned himself to receive God's blessing by being at the right place at the right time. Now, the brook was the right place for a season. Understand that. For a season, the brook was the right place. But seasons change. In time, the brook dried up. I'm not the sharpest knife in the drawer. But it just seems to me that when the brook dries up, it might be a clue, might be a good indicator that it's time to move on to a new season. Too many churches today aren't blessed, and they're not growing because they refuse to move on to a new season. God has moved on, but they haven't. The brook dried up long ago, but all they can do is sit by the dried up brook and whine about how it used to be when the brook was flowing. I want you to notice that God took Elijah from the dried up brook to the never-ending meal, barrel, and oil vat. I believe that if Elijah would have stayed at the dried up brook, he would have starved. But God, who led him to the brook, kept him at the brook for a season. But when the season was over, God made the brook dry up because God had another place to take him. And where God was taking him to, amen, was not a dried up brook. Amen, it was an oil vat and it was a meal barrel that supernaturally, miraculously was going to provide for him and not run dry. I don't know about you, but I think I want to get to the there place. Twenty-four years ago, God moved me from a church of 300 out into the desert, West Texas, told me to start a church, plant a church from scratch, just me and my wife, my two little kids, city we'd never been in our entire life. You know the story, most of you. It's a process. It took some time. We finally got there. The church grew to 250. We built and paid for an 18,000 square foot building. And we enjoyed 10 years of continual blessing. 
Someone told me one day, you're not anything special. You just got at the right place at the right time. I said, exactly. Exactly. You're not as dumb as you look. I didn't say that. I thought it, but I didn't say it. I was in God's place at God's time. And I'm going to tell you something. If you want to, if you want to position yourself for God's blessing, then you find God's place and you find God's time. Amen? My advice for you today is to ask God to lead you to the there place. Because the there place is a place of provision. When you get to God's place at God's time, you position yourself for God's blessing. Worship team, get back in place this morning. I'm out of time, but I'm not out of sermon. Some of you just had a big sigh of relief. He's only on point three. (laughs) Who wants to position yourself to receive God's blessing? Stand with me in in his presence today. You're going to position yourself for God's blessing. You're going to have to dedicate yourself totally to God. Some of you, you're half in, half out. You don't know if you're moving in or moving out. You're up one day and down the next. You can't position yourself for the blessing of God that way. You've got to be all in. To position yourself for God's blessing, you're going to have to dedicate yourself totally. Totally. There was an old, old song. I'll date myself, but it was, I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. No turning back. Somebody needs to make a decision. Today's the day. I'm, I'm deciding. I'm following. I'm going after God. I'm going after God. I'm, I'm tired of this wishy-washy up and down, in and out stuff. Today's the day. I'm, marking, I'm, I'm drawing the line in the sand. I'm dedicating myself totally to God today. If you'll do that, I think you'll position yourself for God's blessing. And then some of you, you need to demand the best of yourself. You've, you've been slacking. God's not into slacking. He doesn't bless slackers. He doesn't have any blessing for the person that holds what they have and doesn't do anything with it. He blesses those that take what they have, whether it's little or whether it's much, and does the very best they possibly can with what they've been given, what they've been loaned. And when God looks down and he sees that, hey, well, you know what? They only have one, only have one talent, but, man, they're going for it. They're going for it. Or, man, there's a rock star there. They've got five talents. You know, it's easy sometimes for the guy with the five talents, the superstar, it's easier for him to kind of slack because, you know what, he's better than average even when he's slacking. Well, even though he might be better than average when he's slacking, he's not meeting the potential that God gave him. And when God looks down at him, God's not very pleased. Jesus said, where much is given, much is required. And then some of you, you're not under the blessing of God because you need to deposit the right ingredients into your life. Maybe you're hanging out with the wrong people. Maybe you're not putting the right principles in your life. Maybe you don't have the right priorities. 
I'm probably going to get myself in trouble, but I've gotten in trouble now before, so maybe I can make my way out of this one. But I, 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 I look at people sometimes, and I think they don't understand. You know, maybe they have two or three kids or whatever, you know, and they don't understand. You know what? They raised that one in church, but they're not raising this one in church. They think they are, but they're not. Because this one, they started out, man, they were there at Sunday school, they were at church, they were there, they were missionettes or Royal Rangers, they were in the youth group, they went to camp. They got down to this one, you know, and they're just chasing them all over the country. I told you I'm getting myself in trouble. But you got to be nice to older people, all right? So be nice to me. And I'm thinking, don't you understand, you're really not. And I'm saying this because I love you and because I'm totally concerned. I want to say, don't you understand? You're not. They're not going to have the same ingredients put in them as you put in the others. I mean, is that okay? You're not really raising them in church. Well, you're in church about once or twice a month and not anything else. Hello, testing, one, two. I think I just lost, testing. Hey, if you only bring them to Sunday morning, you know, once or twice a month, don't get them, on, you know, in, in, in girls club or, or Royal Rangers or, or, or youth. Don't get them here every, every Sunday. Will they even know the basics? I'd rather be in trouble with you than with God. Okay, so there you go. Right places. Have you, have you, have you found the, the their place for you? Are you still camping out at the brook even though the brook dried up long ago? All you can do is sit around, complain and whine and grumble. Whine it like it was. Well, the brook dried up, sweetheart. There's a reason for that. God knew that if he didn't dry that brook up, he would never move on. He would sit there with his feet in the water, sit under the shade, eat from the ravens, the food they brought. The only way he could move him on was to dry up that brook. But he didn't just dry the brook up, but he prepared the widow, and he prepared the oil vat, and he prepared the meal barrel. Some of you are wondering where God went. Well, I'm going to tell you where he went. He moved on. He moved on, and you weren't willing to follow. If you'll just get where he went, you'll find him again. Father, I just pray today that you'll take this word this morning. So simple, and yet I believe so profound. Life-changing, life-altering. God, help us today to position ourselves. To get ourselves in position where we can receive the blessing of God. If you this morning want to position yourself to receive the blessing of God, I want you to come forward real quickly. We're out of time this morning, but I, I just got to bring you down for at least a couple of seconds or a minute or so anyway.
If something I've said today, and it's just been the word, but if something that I've said today has hit home to you, maybe you say, okay, you know, I'm, maybe I'm not really in position in this area. I need to get it in position in this area. I want you right now, just you and God, one-on-one, just you and God. I want you to get yourself in right position. Get yourself in right position. I've told you what you need to do. I want you to do it right now. Get yourself in position right now. You're on your own, one-on-one, just you and God. Just you and God.